for it now. We just did it. We're already fucking in it. Yeah, if this is, like, not the most structured episode, that is okay. That's fine, though. No, this is gonna be a train wreck of an episode. Are you fucking I... kidding me? <laughs> I have a lot of- I have a lot oh to God. say about Scooby-Doo, so I'm ex I'm excited. I'm doing good. I have- I have a single objective for this episode. Try, uh, try to figure out if you know what the objective is throughout the episode. It's like a mystery. Not like the mysteries in Scooby-Doo, because I'll give you clues that you feasibly could, like, understand. Actually, with this one, um, we'll get into it. Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode Fun. 48. My name is Alex Wallace, and today I'm joined by Mark Champlin. Um, <laughs> girls and gays... <laughs> Girls and gays, um, before today, uh, the only piece of Scooby-Doo media I had seen is YouTube poop. Um, and I gotta say, YouTube poop made Scooby-Doo seem like it was gonna be, like, somewhat of an entertaining show. Um, and I feel, I feel lied to. Um, what Alex is gonna do on this episode, spoiler alert, is she's gonna try to tell me that this was bad Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo and the Scooby Cyber Doo. Chase was bad Scooby-Doo. Um, I am going to hear her out, and I am going to try to decide if the things that are bad about this are bad because they're bad Scooby-Doo, or if any of my qualms are actually addressed, or if maybe I just don't like Scooby-Doo because it's made for four-year-olds. So, okay. <laughs> so, I got off, so, I, so I got off of work today. And I wrapped myself up in a blankie and I sat on the couch and I was getting ready to watch some Scooby-Doo. Uh, and I was really excited because I grew up on Scooby-Doo cartoons all the goddamn time. I love spooky shit. I love weird monsters. I love dogs. I love stoner hippies driving around in a van solving mysteries. Great time. Uh, and then, unfortunately, uh, the only Scooby-Doo thing that we could justify watching for this podcast uh, was, you know, I don't want to call it excruciating, but let's say it's not very good. I'm going to come out and, and just broadly, up top, beginning of the episode, Scooby-Doo in the Cyber Chase, not a very good movie. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase, Mark. <laughs> So apparently this movie is a 2001 <laughs> direct-to-video animated comic uh, science fiction mystery film. Um, Allegedly. Some of, those, some of those words are accurate. Um, it was the fourth in a series of direct-to-video animated films based on Hanna-Barbera's Scooby-Doo cartoons. Um, uh, Brooke from the Other Room is telling me uh, that the other ones are better. I, I don't, Apparently she's seen them. <laughs> Uh, I, I, this is like a shared cultural moment that I was, uh, thankfully left out of. Um, God. so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm being very negative and it's, and that's because it was awful. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to being told that Scooby-Doo has potential to be better. Um, please, yeah. uh, please tell me about the plot of this movie because, um, you know, for, for those of us in the audience who, have um have media comprehension skills above you know above toddler age you probably we probably did get the plot but you should recap it for anyone else who doesn't okay so well here's the thing right so first thing i want to get out of the way right up front here uh is that i need to retract my statement 
uh, from the end of last week's episode because I I made a I made an erroneous claim uh, that this is really only tangentially a video game movie that we're basically just like bullshitting a reason to watch it because I want to watch Scooby Doo. Uh, and on this rewatch, I can I can confirm that this is a 100% real and authentic video game movie. They go inside of a video game in this. They yeah, have this, to. This is mo- this is more of a video game movie than Tron. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And like the confusion here comes from the fact that the characters in the film and also the Wikipedia article about this film says that they go into cyberspace. And those of us who are hip to early 2000s tech lingo know that cyberspace refers to the internet not just inside of a computer and so this is where i came to believe uh, and developed a false memory about scooby-doo in the cyber chase uh where they go in the internet and it's like that one episode of fairly odd parents it is not like that one episode of fairly odd parents it is like that other episode of fairly odd parents where they go inside <laughs> a video game and almost die now With that said, before I go into this plot recap, I need to make it clear that if at any point you're listening to me describe the plot of this film, and you're like, huh, that doesn't really make very much sense. You're correct that it doesn't make sense, uh, and that's because the people who were making this movie did not give a shit about... About about anything? About anything, probably, like, just just broadly... Dakota probably didn't care about anything. Uh, so yeah, I real quick. I just want to say, like, I I don't want to be the type of person who like really can't suspend my disbelief to watch like a dumb cartoon. I enjoy dumb cartoons, but like when the movie isn't good enough to prevent me from groaning to myself, that's not how game design works. <laughs> then <laughs> it's a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So. So the mystery gang, you you know them, you love them. Shaggy is present, Scooby as well, Velma and Daphne. You could also have Fred if you're really into that. Uh, they're they're invited <laughs> to a university campus, and they're gonna see their friends' new video game, which is about them, which is really exciting. Uh, and then there's some other fucker there, and he's got some shit house baseball game. And boo, fuck that guy. We don't like him. Uh, and 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 then the the phantom virus. Uh, who is like kind of like an electricity man he appears in the real world from the video game and he if we if we don't stop him he's gonna steal all the computer programs in the world that's a direct quote uh he's gonna suck up all the ones and zeros off of every monitor that he walks next to which will cause global panic (laughs) that actually happens in this movie yeah and then and then they all end up in the video game and they gotta and and they gotta beat the video game that's about themselves to escape the video game and at one point they meet the cyber versions of themselves who look like the scooby-doo characters from the 60s instead of the scooby-doo characters from 2001 uh and it is it is really uh it is really a not like a mind-numbing experience from start to finish i i really felt like i like experienced pure ennui watching this film on just like kind of on the couch yeah i was catatonic (laughs) absolutely gone just like there is no usable information being processed in front of me (laughs) nothing that is occurring on this television screen will will elicit any kind of pure emotional response or any sort of like we will not activate any form of dopamine i will not experience joy from the writing in this film at any point i just have to just just kind of let loose let let my body kind of morph with this couch and just 
try to get through it. <laughs> this this movie was like the first week of Lexapro. God. The, honestly. <laughs> that, mm, man, that was that was a direct shot at my heart. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah, so I'm going to... All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run through my my general thoughts here. I think a little bit uh, because I have a little bit of prior Scooby Doo knowledge, and then I want to hear what you how you felt as someone who has never seen anything related to Scooby Doo. I, I to be clear, I watched Scooby Doo as like a four year old. I loved Scooby Doo. I loved the one where he's hanging out with the three stooges i like the one where he meets the harlem globe trotters it's all it's doesn't all, he meet john cena he, at some point too? that not when i was a kid but that did happen yes um but yeah that's this, pretty dope so this was made in 2001 which is like almost four decades after the show originally came out in 1969 right um and it is it is hyper sincere. It is it is the least amount of irony possible. Um and it doesn't it doesn't look like it's low budget. It doesn't look like it was made on $5, but it feels like it was made on $5. The script tonally is <laughs> low budget. And I, I think real quick my favorite thing about it I think is just that it was clearly made by people who have only played Pong. And I just think that's hilarious yeah. to watch. There, there, there was, there was, there was something to like about that. Yeah. And if the if the plot could carry that, I could have found a lot more joy out of the. <laughs> these people don't fucking know video games. That's <laughs> funny. So, um, so I, I would like to, I would like to know broadly, how did you feel about Scooby Doo in the Cyber Chase? Um, so. So, <laughs> the this was the I I don't fucking know. I'm I this is I'm trying to I tried to write notes. I guess I'm just going to ramble. So, it, it it doesn't this show was this one was written in 2001, right? Yes. Like Yes. Why does the dialogue still feel like it was written in the 60s before <laughs> people knew how to write dialogue that was believable? Like that there had been 30 years worth of like good movies and good TV between this, like kids mystery movies, literally. And that were like fun. Uh, this show was not a, this was not a mystery. Uh, the, the cyber guy talks about baseball every 14 words. <laughs> so, you know, that the bad guy is the baseball guy. Um, so brought, so Okay, and another thing, and you tell me if this is a... I guess we're going to get into the zone of, is this bad Scooby-Doo, or is Scooby-Doo just bad? Okay. Because, okay, yeah, so that's what this episode is. <laughs> okay. Um. So the dialogue, I keep saying four years old, but, like, honestly, every time something happens on the screen, <laughs> one of the characters repeats what just happened, even though I just fucking saw it happen. <laughs> So is this just weird 60s dialogue or is this this bad Scooby-Doo? Like the Cyberman's riding a T-Rex <laughs> and you see him ride a T-Rex for an introductory shot in the prehistoric zone for like 12 seconds. And then Velma is the one who has glasses, right? That's yeah. her character. Yeah, she's my let me favorite. Describe Velma's, let me describe Velma's character real quick. She's got glasses. So, um, so she sees... 
she sees the blue Cyberman riding a dinosaur, and we as the audience, you know, she she's she acts as the camera in this scene. She's watching it, and thereby we're watching it. And she says the line, he's riding a T-Rex. And this happens approximately 14 times in the movie, um, where we see something happen, and a character just repeats what we just fucking saw happen. So... I need you to tell me, this is the first of many of many occurrences, I need you to tell me if this is just the way Scooby-Doo is, or if this is bad Scooby-Doo. Okay, okay, so here's, so here's, here's the thing, here's the thing, and so I'll get into my whole bit about this, right, okay, original Scooby-Doo was made in fucking, okay, I should be clear, I have not watched Scooby-Doo in a very long time, so my perception of it is highly warped by nostalgia, so just that up front, um, Early Scooby-Doo, original Scooby-Doo, what's... Scooby-Doo, where are you? The original TV show from 1969 uh, is an incredibly low-budget Hanna-Barbera cartoon for children. Uh, And most, I would say, a good amount of Scooby-Doo properties, including this thing that we just watched, are also incredibly on-the-nose, bad, like, (laughs) low-budget cartoons for small children. However, Mm -hmm. there is, there are certain Scooby-Doo products, Scooby-Doo works. I I was looking into this. There is currently a Scooby-Doo show on television that is running in 2019. It is the 13th Scooby-Doo animated series to give you an idea of how much fucking Scooby-Doo there's been. Um, A good Scooby-Doo thing either has to subvert your expectations of what scooby-doo is um so like the, there are the extremely weird mid-2000s live-action scooby-doo movies where scooby-doo is a terrifying cg dog man uh those films are satirizing scooby-doo they are playing on your expectations of what a scooby-doo thing is in order to be ridiculous like parodies of themselves I, I get the feeling those movies are like 21 Jump Street movies. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then, and then, or the alternative to that um, is you have to try to make a genuinely spooky, like, not actually scary, but like, oh shit, there's some spooky looking animation, and oh, that's a real spooky zombie. So there's like, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is like the classic example of this. This is like a direct one of the direct-to-DVD movies, and it's like, it kind of takes itself somewhat seriously in that the premise of, like, they're going to go to this place and there are spooky monsters there is not taken as a joke. It's not taken as, like, a thing to be, like... Like, it's not taken just as slapstick. It's taken as, like, genuine stakes. Um, the Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase does neither of those things. And it also... Mm-hmm. It is... Tonally, it is doing the exact same thing that the 1969 Scooby-Doo show is doing. It is not accounting for the fact that it is... Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase's peers in the children's animation space coming out in 2001 was SpongeBob, was Rocco's Modern Life, was Fairly Odd Parents, was Invader Zim. Shows with a level of self-awareness, shows with a level of irony. Uh, And, you know, like, that's kind of where we're at like, where we were with cartoons back then. Like, the early 2000s, late 90s is when cartoons became extremely self-aware and extremely ironic, and now yeah, we're sort of... Fucking, imagine watching Cow and Chicken and then watching this. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah, you know, and, like, now we're in this era of, like, kind of, like, 
hyper sincere cartoons, like post ironic cartoons, shows like Steven Universe and Adventure Time that are are like kind of fighting back against the kind of inherent meanness of like 2000s cartoons. Um, and I think that definitely that plus like the way they talk about video games, like they have no like like. I can't even put it into words. It, it's it's the way like your grand. It's not the way your dad talks about video games. Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase is like the way your grandpa talks about video games, you know. And like those aspects are what make it feel like this weird, stuck out of time uh, artifact. I think. I okay yeah I I buy I buy all of that, and I would totally agree. Um, <clears throat> I guess. I don't know. I guess my problem is kind of just, I don't know if, um, <laughs> I almost brought up Star Wars, but that's on the bingo <laughs> card. So I'm not going to bring up Star Wars. This doesn't count. You guys put, put your drink down. I didn't, I didn't bring up Star Wars. It's like, how do you do Scooby-Doo? Like now that it is not the seventies, right? Like, so apparently what this show did, which is not enough is like, make fred not wear an ascot <laughs> yeah. anymore and instead he wears a polo shirt like uh yeah. like an ivy like an ivy league grad student um Daphne is wearing they, a jacket you know it's <laughs> and she yeah. doesn't have a scarf yeah it's like yeah they, they're really they're really looking fresh for the 2000s in this one <laughs> yeah and it's like they, and they changed literally nothing else <laughs> but also i don't know if the idea of like someone making a scooby-doo show and it's all the same characters that act that have all the same basic personality archetypes but now they talk like knuckles in this in the sonic cartoon <laughs> like makes me want to die like the idea of that is also not appealing so i don't know what you could do i i'm not gonna say that no one should ever try to make scooby-doo again and this was a mistake um but I might venture to say that no one should make Scooby-Doo again and this was a mistake. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of here for that um, because here's, okay, here's the thing. The, the 60s and 70s show probably, probably is perfectly fun and totally worked as, like, a kid show because, like, it's just, they're, they're riding around in, like, a hippie van, the one guy's obviously coded as a stoner um and it's it's fun it's goofy the parents get a kick out of it too because it's just kind of like woo flower power solving mysteries it's completely inoffensive and it teaches kids a lesson that like adults uh will lie to you right <laughs> yeah. like i don't know it, it works right but I just, I don't know if there's just, like, space in the world for this anymore. Yeah, I, so, the the thing about Scooby-Doo in particular is that from the get-go, from the ground up, it is built on formula. Like, every single episode of mm -hmm. the original show has the same shit. Velma has to lose her glasses and go around on the floor and say, my glasses. Shaggy and Scooby gotta eat a lot of food, and then they gotta get chased by a monster, and then they gotta pretend to be doctors or whatever, and then some doo-wop music is gonna play, and they're gonna run through some doors, and then someone is gonna say, you meddling kids, and they're gonna get taken away, and all of that has to happen, right? It happens in every episode. And this film is just, like, 
painting by the numbers. It is just going through the motions. It is just, these are the tropes. It, it's, it's, it's an artifice, right? It, it never once right. subverts or plays on your expectations in any way. It is, it is just playing out the things that you expect to see in a Scooby-Doo thing. Uh, and, and so, you know, the original show is low budget and based on formula because it's made for fucking eight-year-olds. But mm. when you extrapolate that out to a 40 to now 50 year long franchise, like this is what happens, right? You can't take a franchise that is based entirely on like the same tropes every week and then just keep doing it and expect it to not get extremely old. And so the fact that this thing doesn't like any Scooby-Doo thing that is not going to subvert your expectations of the Scooby-Doo trope, like they're not even... It's not even cartoon tropes. It's the Scooby-Doo tropes. If you're not going to subvert them, then I'm not interested in seeing it, right? Right. I I, I feel exactly the same. It's... Yeah. <sighs> so want- when The Force Awakens came out, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the seventh Star Wars movie. And at the end of that movie, they blow up another goddamn Death Star. So that means uh-huh. that in three out of seven Star Wars movies, they blow up a Death Star. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is stop uh, and stop. Yeah, so I think there's a couple <laughs> a couple more topics that we want to hit before we wrap up this incredibly coherent episode. Um, you you want to talk about your favorite character, Daphne, <laughs> real quick? Um, <laughs> man, uh, women, right? Women, they, women be shopping. Women be shopping. Uh, that's. I'll, I'll do I'll do a I'll do a quick recap of all five major characters. So F- Fred Jones is the only character that gets a last name um, in the movie. Uh, Fred uh, is Fred is straight apparently. Um, we've got Daphne. Um, Daphne is is a woman, um, and she looks like your older sister. Um, just the wor- the the royal your older sister. <laughs> Um, Velma, uh, is, Velma's got a turtleneck that was apparently so iconic that they did not update her character design at all. So she's the only one where you can't tell who's the cyber version and who is the current version. Apparently they, they couldn't even change the shape of her glasses. Yeah. She didn't even get different, like iris color pupil shape. One of the them, way that the other one of them is, one of them is wearing a pleated skirt and one of them is not, but I couldn't tell you which one is wearing uh, the pleated skirt. Probably the sixties one, right? Cause it's the pleated fuck skirt. Off. Um, so shaggy. Um, <laughs> I, I, my understanding is you don't like shaggy. Why the fuck is shaggy there? Why, why the they fuck like would him. they bring this useless? <laughs> I listen. Smoking weed, smoking weed is dope. Let, let me say first of all, this is not a condemnation of marijuana. It's it's a really nice thing that a lot of people in my life and me in the past have gotten a lot of joy out of. Gone us through a lot of tough times. Um, it does make you occasionally want to eat a whole box of crackers and a whole jar of Nutella at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. So this is accurate. It's not saying that this character is inaccurate. I'm saying that when they say, okay, gang, let's split up, and then they split up into the groups of the three competent people who aren't morons, <laughs> and then the stoner and his dog, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And he's 
have I mentioned that he's useless <laughs> in the context of solving mysteries? He gets kicked out of a cafeteria because he eats all of the food in the cafeteria. And le- so Scooby, <laughs> Scooby also has a last name. It's Doo. Um, Scooby Doo uh, is just a person. Um, so when you say that he's a creepy CGI dog person, my response is, oh, kind of like unlike this where he's a creepy, uh, creepy hand drawn animated person dog. So I, I, I gotta say that I love the conceit in Scooby Doo that Scooby doesn't understand that he's a dog. Like... Oh, is that the thing? Because that's kind of rad. Yeah, it's great. Like, because there's the scene early in this movie where, like, they're getting accosted by the security guard. And he's just like, why don't you kids take your stupid dog somewhere else? And Scooby just like, it's just like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Like, dog? And, like, he doesn't understand that that he's a dog, I think, is the idea. If if that's the idea, then I think I'm on board with that. That's pretty funny. Um, Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, um, I hate Shaggy is really what I'm trying to say. Okay. I, I hate him. Okay. You know, no, actually, you know what? He's pretty chill. He shouldn't be there. You don't, you don't hate Shaggy. Uh, you just think he's bad at his job. Those are two different things. I think, <laughs> listen, th- there there's a place in society for people like Shaggy. And <laughs> I think that our society should should welcome people, should welcome the Shaggies of the world. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swerve into a different segment before you get really weird with this. You know what? Here's the thing: Shaggy is probably better at his job than most real life law enforcement. You know what? So, oh, probably nothing. Almost certainly, Shaggy didn't kill a single innocent person in this movie. Yeah, Shaggy doesn't plant drugs on anybody. He just takes them himself. (laughs) That's fine. Okay, all right. Please swerve. Get me away from this. Okay, listen, listen, girls and gays. It is now a popular interpretation on the internet of Scooby-Doo to interpret the mystery gang as a queer polycule. I love (sighs) this interpretation because I think that driving around in a van with all of your friends who have terrible fashion sense and your dog, and getting high, and going to weird abandoned amusement parks is basically the queerest thing I have ever heard in my life. All four of these yeah, people is... are fucking each other. <laughs> was was that not just, like, your life from age 20 to 22? <laughs> Dude, that's, like, more my life now than it's ever been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yes. I, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I wrote a note here that that doesn't make the show good, um, which is true. But it's it is a nice thought. It is fuck it. Maybe the, it does make the show good. This it, actually that actually re, reinterprets this show as being uh, just a a queer fever dream, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and I, I feel like when when you see the gang hanging out, and in your head you're like. Oh, they're like a foursome. They're all they're all together in one big couple. It's like cute, and you kind of like it. I don't know. I think it's nice. What are we watching next week, Mark? Um, <laughs> next week we're watching Tekken. It's a 2009 American martial arts film uh, directed by Dwight H. Little. Uh, this went really well last time when we watched a 2006 uh, American martial arts film. <laughs> 
uh, based based on a Japanese fighting game. Uh, just want to say that I have extremely high hopes for Tekken. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it has the plot of every fighting game movie. Oh, so how come every fighting game has had a movie? Because when I if I was an alien and I came to planet earth and played a bunch of video games and somebody said, okay, you got to make some movies out of these games. I wouldn't touch fighting games. Cause like <laughs> it, that's, that doesn't make sense. All you could do is uh, it's a tournament. And one of the guys who is the, the most like a face is going to be the good guy. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's a couple of heels and they're going to have a tournament. Yeah. So yeah. that's the plot of this, apparently. Yeah, almost certainly. Uh, and and so the only thing that I know about this film uh, is that it currently holds a zero percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. There were there were they surveyed five critic reviews of Tekken. <laughs> only five critics at major outlets could be bothered to watch Tekken, and none of them liked it. Average rating of two point four out of ten stars. So. Um, I think we've been lied to by critical and public consensus before, so maybe this movie will be great. It's almost never been, you know, <laughs> when we're when we're lied to on this podcast, it's never like exciting. It's never like a treat. Like, oh, you know what? People said this was bad, and it turns out it was kind of nice. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we've done almost fifty episodes of this, uh, but I feel like it's always hey. Some people like this can't be that bad, and then it turns out that it's like so racist. Like I could barely. Oh, I bet it. it's. Oh, I bet it's gonna be really racist. Oh, I bet it's gonna be so racist. Where can people find oh, the podcast on the internet, Mark? You can follow us at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, join the Discord. It's linked in the Twitter. You can follow uh, our personal Twitters as well. I think they're both still linked in there. Uh, I've been getting a couple of followers from the show, so just wanted to point that out if you <laughs> want to do that and and look at my shit posts and get my tweets as to be more viral than Alex's. Alex has inspiring, nice viral tweets. My <laughs> viral tweets are about having sex with Incineroar uh, and they're not actually viral so you should make them viral because I, I want I want this win um, <laughs> holy fuck Mark <laughs> you know <laughs> oh boy uh, so yes join the discord for more uh, sex with Incineroar tweets um, no. iTunes and Spotify and sound listen listen we there are already plenty of furries and we are furry welcoming it's true. Uh, in our fandom. That's true. Just want to say, keep keep on trucking, guys. Incineroar is um, a himbo. <laughs> where, where can people listen to the podcast? <laughs> if so, uh, if iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and all the, the apps that you use to listen to podcasts with. Uh, you can rate us. Um, it, you should give us a high rating, uh, please. Yeah, especially and for this episode, the, the, <laughs> which has been great. You, you know, <laughs> you, not every episode can be as good as this one. The so music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Coffin. For me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a show. That's a podcast. That's it's it. It's 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 video games about movies. <laughs> <laughs>
No, that's the other thing. That's Bartridge Bitima Club. <laughs> Go brazy with it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording now. That was that was either the best or the worst episode, and I I don't know yet. I have to listen to it. I I, I usually can tell, but this one the jury is out.